Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk. I'm Tracy Morgan. Always nice to have you with us because this is our half hour that we bring in fantastic professionals and get to talk about a variety of different things. And today we're talking with Tom Barostek with Q3 Capital Management. We're going to be talking about inflation and the market and crypto. I know we have a lot of stuff to get through in 30 minutes. So we're going to do that with him here in just a moment. Now, before I welcome Tom into the show, let me, of course, remind you all the different ways that you can listen, because, of course, you do have us online at WISR680.com. You do have us with the app that you could put on your mobile device, and then you could also listen to us via that Alexa-powered device. So what you would do is just say, Alexa, play WISR680, and that should be enough for you to uh, bring us up and be able to uh, listen to us as we continue to broadcast. All right. Oh, and by the way, if you have to leave us at some point in our conversation, then what you would do is you are going to go back under our website at WISR680.com and you're going to pick programs, Let's Talk, and you're going to see Tom Barastek right there with Q3 Capital Management. All right. So let's bring him in. I, I need trumpets. Did I tell you that last time, Tom? I feel like I need trumpets when you walk in the door. Well, it is a new year, so we can go. There with you that, go. Right? <laughs> some kind of sounder. Good morning. How morning. are you? Great. How are you? Tracy? It is always nice to see you. <laughs> you too. Yes. Yeah. I know you always have a heavy topic because. <laughs> when we're talking about the market and we're talking about investing, as we've always said, you and I, it's a it's a noisy world out there mm-hmm. and it can get very confusing. So as we go into this new year, where do we start? I mean, if we're looking at what was and then, you know, what it's coming down the pike, how do you answer that for people? Well, you know, that, that's it's it's interesting how people try to use one or two metrics or you know, a handful of metrics mm-hmm. and just try to predict things and or better yet, uh, you know, my observation right now is a really good time to just to assess, you know, w- what kind of investment decisions or how you've positioned, you know, in the last few years. It's so, you know, I come across people just before we get into the weeds. You know, think about it. If, if you were a year ago, you didn't like the, out, you know, the, how the news was going. I won't get into, well, you can sort of, I'll touch. If you didn't like who was newly elected, you probably weren't in the market, you, you know, or you, or you just were reluctantly there, but you, you probably, so if you weren't in the market. Is that how people invest? Let me ask that. Do some they, people, I think. Some people based invest. Based on some news. And, and certainly we've had some, you know, news that is hard to digest. You right, know? right. On both sides. So, right, 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 right. You know, if you look back uh, four years, you know, five, the pr- previous four years, if you, there's plenty of people that didn't like what was going on there and the news, et cetera. So then, so if you, you know, just made those decisions, you know, whether it was the previous four years or the last year, and you just didn't want to be in, at, in the market, you wouldn't want your money at risk, quote unquote, in that environment. And some people do that. Um, you missed out on a lot. I mean, the S&P was, what, 18, in the 1800 range uh, back in 2016. It's 40, well, it, what, it, we peaked a few weeks ago at 4800, 4820, something like that. So double, right? So uh, you, you can't make this. So to some extent, you know, we're going to talk about some bigger, you know, high level, or, or you might say we're in the weeds, however you want to view that. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's definitely some some risks in the market right now. Um, and the market weighs, and, and, and basically, I say every day, at the end of the day, the market prices all the news in. If you think about that, the market prices 
all of the noise that we read. And so to some degree, the market is a very good gauge of uh, overall sentiment, all the news baked in, and, and you have to, you know, in, in the end, you have to be uh, you know, confident in terms of what you're investing in. And, you know, so, yeah, we've got some things coming up here that, that have been kind of, we, we see it coming on the horizon. We've experienced, you know, the inflation. We've experienced the, you know, the rise of crypto. Um, and and I actually, I think those are probably the two biggest risks that we have right well, now. And before we get into both of those, can I yeah. ask you, how does it work when you're at the end of the day, end of the market's day, and all of a sudden you, you see it tank a little bit? And then we, of course, call ourselves talking heads. Other people call us talking heads, you know, the news people. And they say, well, investors were, were uncomfortable with whatever news happened. Mm-hmm. How does that work so quickly? Because if the market would tank in the last hour or two hours of the day, what, what, what news just broke? Unless it was breaking news. Of course, we, we've seen breaking news stories with, you know, weather disasters and other disasters mm-hmm. that happen. Mm-hmm. Can you yeah. explain how that well, happens? Well, you're getting into the granular. Uh, uh, I mean, I've seen st- some statistics. Yesterday or the day before, I, I got a, an email uh, from a research firm that we use, and it was just simply making the observation that, that this year, this, you know, this month, this January, uh, you know, th- they go way back, and you can, uh, you can drown in, in the data and the a- analytics. But the bottom line, it was, it was just an interesting observation that, that this so far, we've seen uh, rallies fade into the afternoon, and we saw we saw that yesterday. Okay, the, the market opened up pretty strong, uh, up one percent, I think, roughly, and by the end of the day, it was down almost one percent. Um, and you know, is it okay? So there's other statistics that say, oh well, the you know the retail investor or the the inexperienced investor makes their move you know, generally trades in the morning and the the institutional investors the you know, the pros they trade in the afternoon so you know you can look at okay how did how is the market done in the morning versus the afternoon so sort of get a gauge so okay is, is that, so right now are we getting that signal that oh the the professional money's moving out of the market um, and the market the market is really, it is sentiment-based, sentiment-based. Um, so a lot of this data will feed into sentiment, obviously, um, you know, risks um, and, and how investors, you know, where they put their money. So, And you mentioned, too, the biggest <laughs> risks that you feel right now uh, would be investing in, in crypto, right? Well, or inflation, I'm sorry, inflation and crypto. Yeah, but yeah and and. But, well, I'd say that those are the two biggest risks that we're seeing. And, it's, and crypto has become more interesting to me. I've really not paid much attention to it, mainly because it's not regulated, um, hasn't been you know, approved by the SEC. So, so you know, really, uh, it's not a, a, an investable asset class, per se. Now, uh, people would, would argue with me about that. But I, again, I, I live in a world where we're federally regulated. So uh, I got to follow the rules, and, and it's not approved. So um, now there is discussion, Gary Gensler back in the news this week, um, basically saying, this is the year that, that crypto will, will have some regulations. Okay. That's, that's a good thing. Heard some other analysts. I, I thought this was an interesting, um, really on the mark, uh, basically saying, you know, all these cryptocurrencies, um, besides being, as Gary Gensler says, the wild west, they are like a poker chip. 
And I thought that's per, that's a pretty accurate description because in at the end of the day, and I've heard us others say, well, you know, this is the year that they're going to have their dot com moment. And um, and again, I I I'm not rooting one way or another. I do know this that that there's a lot of wealth tied up in crypto now just because of its increase in value. And so in a similar fashion, I'm not saying it's the same, but if there are some downside risk, and we've already seen it year to date, the market, the, the crypto has come down quite a bit. Um, oh, by the way, you know, there's a certain country in South America that's <laughs> bought a lot, a decent share for per capita. Um, and uh, they're already, you know, Th- that could be on the news, but at the same time, if that it's a small country, the amount of uh, their debt is now valued on something like fifty cents on the dollar as a result of it started being tied to the crypto. So, is that a risk to the overall world market? I don't think so. I don't think it's big enough. On the other hand, f- symbolically speaking, it could have a ripple effect. So, again, hard to say. Um, but yeah, this is the year that that I think there could be some distinguishment of of the, the assertion that it's a currency versus the assertion that it's a technology that's here to stay. I I, I definitely am in the camp of it's a technology. It's it's viable. It's blockchain, really. Now, is it a currency? Oh, by the way, remember a few months ago, I I sort of off the cuff said maybe if if Elon Musk goes to Mars. That's where crypto will be. Yes. Well, he yeah. said it in the past thirty days. Yeah, right, he right. He came right. out and yeah. said, "Oh, thanks, Elon, <laughs> <laughs> backing me up there." <laughs> so, He's listening to us. Yeah, Is that what sure. You're saying? I'm right. sure. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, tuning in. Maybe. Yeah. We'll sh- we'll shoot him an email. <laughs> give him a heads up uh, for next time. Anyway. So yeah, so crypto is sort of the elephant in the room, and I think it's going to be interesting to watch what happens here and. And like I said, I, I have no skin in the game. I'm, I'm anxious to see some regulation uh, uh, take place. Just I think it's, it'll be a good thing for everybody. So, um, How does that go about happening, the regulation of, of something that's popular? I'll just say popular. Yes. I mean, it, it, it's and, popular and right now. And a lot of wealth at, at risk. And, and wealth. Yeah. And it's not regulated. So right. how does someone wrap their arms around that? Well, how does the government wrap their arms around it and say, okay, now you're going to be regulated? Well, yeah, and, and they are. They they are trying. It's almost as if they're they're not taking a position too soon and making the wrong decision. And I think that's because there again, there could be a a domino effect if if crypto just imploded. You know, all the currencies mm-hmm. and all investors with their money and their wealth. So what tends to happen is is if you have if you're an investor and you've got, you know, all of a sudden you've got a chunk of your, your portfolio that's worth a decent amount of money, but maybe you have some money elsewhere too, you know, who knows what's going on with that, that investor and then multiply that across the whole, the whole mass of investors. Do they have, do they have any margin, any, any leverage on that currency? So they're buying other stuff. So if that currency go, goes to zero, then they got to sell other stuff. That is the ripple effect that you have to be concerned about. Okay, so in and of itself, is it a big risk to the system? Mm. And I think that's why the, the regulators are tiptoeing here because <clears throat> they don't want, they understand that, that, you know, maybe this is play money for a lot of people. You know, they bought it X and it's worth a multiple, you know, higher. 
but but the net ripple effect could be dangerous for their overall. Do system. the regulators have to wait to see if this is actually going to stick around? Aren't there plenty of attempts for something like this, and they just haven't come to fruition? Well, I mean, there's the number, uh, plenty of attempts would be, you know, how many cryptocurrencies are there? I think I saw a number, you know, it's over 1,600, or maybe it's 1,500, but it doesn't matter <laughs> right, to, to right, that extent. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, this Dogecoin, that, speaking of Elon Musk, and, you know, that was supposed to be a joke, and now it's taken seriously. Mm-hmm. So that just tells you how, how much of a, a gray area this is. It's like, is it, is it real? Is it not real? Who knows? Um, but I think does have some risk, and that's why. The, so the regulators are actually reaching out into various, you know, groups and experts and so forth, just trying to get their mind around this. And you know, obviously they're mentioning that there's going to be you know the equivalent of a, a dollar, a digital dollar, and so forth. And I think that's where it's heading. Uh, in the end, the, the currencies that are here now are the currencies that will be here, you know, in the future, as long as these governments have the ability to regulate. Um, and obviously, they're, you know, commerce being, you know, using various uh, currencies, the euro dollar uh, and the U.S. dollar. So um, that's going to be the tricky part is is maybe there's a con- is there a conversion to the dollar? I, I don't know. And um, that's going to be that's why I think it's going to be interesting to watch the bottom line. So, yeah, crypto, we could talk, uh, obviously, you know, all day on this, but I think it's one risk, but it's not the only risk, I think. You know, inflation is an, is a really interesting um, thing because we haven't seen inflation. I can't. Uh, well, since I, w- I would argue two thousand seven, two thousand seven. Um, you know, oil was over one hundred forty, around one hundred forty seven a barrel. Now today we're at um, or yesterday we were at eighty eight, eighty around eighty eight a barrel. The uh, speculation is it's going to go to one hundred. Uh, we haven't seen that since nine. I'm sorry, two thousand fourteen. So it's been a f- you know a few years, seven years since we've had the price of oil at at these levels, but nowhere near where they were in 2000, 2007, 2008. Um, but I think the two two biggest things, you know, what you see driving inflation is is besides having super low interest rates, um, which you know basically drives the auto market and it drives the housing market, makes things you know you can borrow and buy these things that cost a lot of money and, and, and all the, again, ripple effect across, you know, what it takes to build a house, all the, all the, the parts and, and move, moving parts are there. Same thing with the car. So, so low interest rates definitely drive these things. And then you've got a supply issue. So that, that obviously drives prices up and um, you know, we're seeing wage growth, which for, for the first time, in a long time, and I can't tell you when we've seen wage growth like we're seeing now. Uh, obviously, it's because of worker shortage. So, again, it's a supply and supply and demand imbalance. Um, so that you know, inflation. A lot of people say, "Oh, well, the Fed's getting ahead of it, right?" And we're all so we're now talking about interest rates going up, and that's the big fear and the market's concern that interest rates are going up. Uh, you know, J.P. Morgan said, I was at a little discussion last week, um, the, uh, you know, the, whether there's three interest rate hikes or four this year, it really doesn't matter. It's, it's the, the question is what magnitude of them. If, if everyone's just expecting a 25 basis point each time, 
you know, so that's three quarters of a percent, one percent. The market is going to be fine uh, in, in the end. The question is, you know, inflation in December was an increase of seven percent, pretty pretty significant jump, and we've seen a series of these uh, monthly increases of inflation. And I can tell you, you know, over five percent is that's kind of the line in the sand. Five percent inflation is where the market starts to, you know, rear its head and say, okay, and now now what's the Fed going to have to do? Well. Interest rates have gone up on their own already. Like the 10-year treasury, it's at 1.81%. Um, it's you know going to probably get close to 2%. That's, that's good for bondholders, and I do like that here. Uh, interest rates going up will be good for people that have their money in short-term bonds, intermediate bonds. It'll, it'll definitely help them have more of a yield. You go to the bank now, what are you getting? Close to nothing. So my point is that the market will move ahead of the Fed, and people don't really understand that. Like, wait, I thought the Fed said set the interest rates, and they do. They set the overnight rate, and and everything kind of uh, dominant has a domino effect through the you know, two year, the and so forth, all the way out to the thirty year. But the market has its own way of pricing interest interest rates too, and oftentimes will be ahead of what the Fed does. Some would argue. The market forces the Fed. I'm not sure that's necessarily the case. I think the Fed's more concerned about inflation. So if inflation gets ahead of them and way ahead of them, like the Paul Volcker days when we saw over 10 12% inflation, then you've got to do something drastic. And the market really doesn't like that. <laughs> okay. That, then, then the market realized, oh, boy, you didn't get ahead of it. You weren't in front of this thing. And now you're having to play catch up. So now you have to do some more drastic moves. And what are those drastic moves? Well, the unpopular thing that Paul Volcker did was he hiked the interest rates up to, I think it was, well, it was in the teens. I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. I was a freshman in high school, so I can't I quite give say, you the details. Well, I was just in a conversation with my, my sons, and I said, I remember having to pay like 12% um, yes. something, you know. So I remember those days as a kid or being young. Yeah, I, I remember um, an older... Uh, friend, sibling, couple. And so they were, you know, newly married and they, mm-hmm. had, they were buying a house at that time. And I think they were, they were looking at something like an 18% mortgage rate at that time. And we were just, you know, I didn't know much about anything at that time, but I sure knew that was a high number, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's hopefully that's, I think that's the risk is will inflation get to that point? You know, a few years ago I would have said no way, no how, because, you know, back then it was different. One of the biggest drivers of inflation, again, it, oil, things haven't changed. Oil, back then, we were being, you know, we didn't produce oil in this country. Or we didn't just, ha- we just didn't have the sources that we yeah. now have. Yeah. So we were relying on OPEC. And OPEC put it to us. And that really was a good part of the, the overall, you know, hike in oil. We remember the gas lines of the 70s. And, uh, and so that, that shortage, again, created the imbalance. Price went up and causing inflation. Now, uh, you know, it, it, it didn't seem to me it was as clear of a connection of interest rates to what OPEC was doing back then. But, but definitely what, what the price of oil was doing somehow, you know, Paul Volcker, Paul Volcker was very, very, and that's an unpopular decision. Think about that. 
uh, we're going to raise interest rates. So basically, we're going to shut down. We're going to slow. The economy is going to be. We're going to hit the brakes because who, on the right mind, is going to borrow at you know double digit right numbers. It, you know, well, it especially just if work. you have a generation or two that have been used to correct two and three and four percent. Yes, and now you're going to ask them to pay ten, eleven, twelve right. or more. Yeah, they just will will say no. That sticker won't shock. Happen. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, so it's a it's it's definitely a, could you know a new era. I don't want to say a new era because everybody's saying, oh, this is just going to pass. It's, it's transitional, right? And the more it sticks around. The more concerned you have to be. Um, so, how does know. it go back down then from the days that we remember that twelve and eleven percent? Does it go back down slowly, or is are, are they cut drastically over so many months? I mean, think about it. wages. How do you bring wages down? How do you, when you say oh, I'm going to pay you X, you know, minimum wage? Or I'm just going to pay you, you know, right. fifteen dollars an hour. Right, right. I think I think UPS was in the twenties during the holidays. So how do you, you know, as a seasonal thing, okay, you, they, you can change that, right? Next season's different. But from a full-time employment, you hire somebody at X wage, you're not going to say, you know, middle of the year, hey, uh, uh, we're going to drop your, what we're going to pay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just not I mean, going to work. Well, and that's what right. you were describing earlier about the supply and demand and prices and, and the whole picture. You're, you're laying out that whole picture. Yeah. It's like, I guess I always get concerned on where we're going to go because we're not paying a dollar for gas anymore. We're, I don't right. ever see us paying a dollar <laughs> for gas anymore, you know, per gallon. Like all of our expenses are not going to go down. They just increase, it seems. And then our wages are not going to be cut. You just seem to continue to increase that. So how, how high is that ceiling before it breaks? Uh, there, there that's is, your crystal ball, well, by the way. Well, that's the thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, get that crystal thing. ball it, up. There is no ceiling. I mean, I don't, I don't want to say there's no ceiling because there, there's limits. Right, right. right. But, but could, it, could it, you know, go higher? It, it has, so it's possible. Um, and who knows? I don't know. Um, you know, I think the, the oil thing is, is a fairly simple solution, though, unfortunately. It, and, and yet, you know, it, it's probably not going to happen in any, anytime soon. So, uh, you know, wages probably here to stay. The, the, the higher wages are, are here to st- probably here to stay just because you can't turn those around. You know, you can't hire somebody and pay them and then say, oh, we're going to reduce. Never happens. Think about that. Just a practical standpoint, it just doesn't happen. The only time that happens is is when you know you go through these cycles and then the market and then the economy go down and then you have a recession and then you know unfortunately you have the opposite of what we're experiencing now. We have a late you know you have too much labor because because your your business has slowed so your revenues are down. Then you say then you're forced to cut your your staff. That's you know that is. Hopefully, you know, and we haven't had that kind of thing happen in quite some time. So hopefully that doesn't happen. But I would say that is how it happens on the wage side things. Whereas on on the oil side, it's a supply and demand thing. To some degree, that if the demand, you know, pulls back, that could be where the, you know, the price can can fall. Um, you know, those, but those, those are two big drivers. And, and I, I don't I just don't see. I don't know where where we go now. Having said that, so we've got these risks, and 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 I don't want to you know 
come across saying this is doom and gloom. You know, I think what you, you know, even I think, I think it was J.P. Morgan the other day. They said, you know, what we expect for this year, the market, I mean, it's not going to be what we've seen in the last few years. And that's, re- I think that's, that's the writing on the wall, no question. But they were saying, eh, you know, high single digit, 8 to 10% for the market would be a reasonable expectation with volatility. And, uh, and I thought, yeah, I think that's, that's a fair assessment, you know. Um, and, and again, if you're curious and you want to watch, I think the, the drama in crypto is going to be interesting. Certainly inflation is the bogey you want to keep an eye on. That's certainly what the Fed's looking at and, and making decisions accordingly. Um, and hopefully they're not they're not put in a tough situation. Uh, but I think again those are those are two things that have a, a fairly fairly extensive domino effect per, potential do, domino effect. But um, but generally speaking, you know some of the, some of the numbers are, are good. Um, you know across some of the metrics you see in the market um, or you know the economy I should say. Um, and I think in the end, you've got to, it comes down to what I said at the outset. You've yeah. got to be, you know, you got to be confident in what you, you own yeah. and how you're positioned. Well, Tom, before we go, because we only have about five minutes left with you. First of all, talk about, uh, if you don't mind, we're talking about investing in inflation and, mm-hmm. and, you know, crypto and all of that. This is just your opinion, right? I mean, we shouldn't go out and invest today just by listening to you and I talk yes. today. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> we are having a discussion. And don't uh, don't base your investments on anything we've said today. Yeah. And then just give us a brief overview of how you would help people in this environment right now with Q3 Capital Management. You've talked before about how important it is to have a team behind you in order to make proper and good decisions. So if we were to come to you today, I know we can meet you online if that's the best way for us to do that. You've done that for folks. So they, if they can't get to your office, um, then we could meet you online. But why would we be coming to you in this market right now? How can you help us? Well, you know, the resources we have are, are quite extensive. I've got an investment research team um, that, that I rely on. I also have access to, you know, pretty much anything out there. And so our, our process, it's our process. Our process is, is very intense in terms of finding either, either if we don't have the, the investment expertise for a certain asset class or investment period, we can find the best in our opinion we we have criteria that we use and it's it's you know again it's not anything subjective so it's it's all about process and that's how you can invest confidently in in any any type of environment yes repositioning based on what you're seeing what the risks are but again if you're not confident and you don't have a process then 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 you're on the sidelines or you're just not feeling comfortable that's not a good place to be and uh like I said, I think I, I've seen enough of that over the years where investments are are based on, you know, what, what you see, what's logical, but it's not necessarily um, the only thing that you should be basing your investment on, yeah. how you're positioning. Yeah. Give us your contact information, if you would, please. Sure. Uh, well, we're on the web, so you can dial into our uh, website. It's uh, q3capital.net, and uh, that's probably the best. All our contact emails are right there. 
Yeah. Easy to go to one place. Yes. <laughs> and then we'll go from yeah. there. All right, Tom, as always, final thoughts. We have about two minutes left. Final thoughts as we kind of go into the next many weeks and months. I know we'll talk to you before, you know, uh, too long. And but, but as we go throughout this year, what's your advice for us? Don't panic, number one. Um, in, in other words, if the market's going up, don't panic. You know, don't don't feel like you you've got to get in. And oftentimes, so if you're not in, then then getting in is just as tricky as being in. And then you know things go the other way. So um, again, just uh, I think uh, have a have a game plan um, and uh, and be comfortable and confident with that game plan. So take some time and work on that. Uh, however you approach it, but you know investing does take. Uh, a lot of discipline and a lot of work, unfortunately. So uh, I think part of the things we do is, is, you know, kind of bring our clients along, uh, even sometimes when they're reluctant about having to put the time in. Yeah, right, (laughs) right. But you're the professional. That's why we come to you. Well, thank you. Yeah. Tom Verostek, Q3 Capital Management. Always a pleasure. Thanks so much. Thank you, Tracy. All right. And folks, thank you so much for joining us for this segment. We are out of time, but If you would like to listen to this again, if you joined us late in our conversation, what you can do is go to our website at WISR680.com and you're going to go to that menu bar, pick programs, Let's Talk, and then look for Q3 Capital Management. I'm Tracy Morgan with Let's Talk.